So social capital are those connections. Because we can't talk about the debt everybody's been racking up in social capital until mm. we explain what it really works like, right? Okay. We have, to, we, have to, we have to speak the unwritten rules yeah. so that you can look at your life and say, oh, okay. this is worse than my mortgage. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Welcome back to Thriving the Future. This week, we are going back to talk about the eight forms of capital. So what are the eight forms of capital again? The eight forms of capital are social capital, material capital, financial capital, living capital, intellectual, experiential, spiritual, and cultural. We've talked about these before. I thought it'd be good to go back and get a little more depth and get practical with each one. Sure. Um, just for a refresher, we have these eight forms of capital. Capital is a f- way to store wealth. Mm-hmm. The eight forms of capital look really well by themselves inside small unified groups of people or tribes or small networks, towns, villages. Beyond that's when you start needing money because money is a thing that represents a resource that's somewhere else, right? Hmm. It represents the labor you gave to this guy. It represents stones at the quarry. It represents pizzas at the pizza joint, right? Mm -hmm. Just whatever. It represents the ability to acquire those things and is not actually a capital form in and of itself. Right. It It does operate under financial capital, and we'll get into that at some point. So small town... The farmer brings his crop in, but up until that point, for him to get a haircut or whatever else, he's either... Um, he's running a tab. He's running a tab, or he's using a tab from last year. So right. money is essentially an IOU until he gets his crop in, and then he pays back the barber, the blacksmith, the whatever, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It could be an IOU for a number of chickens or bushels of wheat or right. you know whatever that is mm-hmm. or just whatever he gets from the general store when he brings in his stuff or from the mill when he brings in his sure but you were saying earlier clarification that if you have a small group then these represent well um represent wealth well they always represent storage, wealth. Rep- represent storage or or whatever of wealth and then you don't need money right I, is that what you said? Yeah, that's kind of what I said. So these are always a representative of wealth. Mm-hmm. The more of these resources you have, the more actual true wealth you have. Right. Money represents these things either in your possession and your and your house or your barn in the future or they're located somewhere else, right? The ability uh-huh. to acquire those things again. With a small enough group, you don't actually need the money. You can just trade these forms of wealth directly. Okay. I do, I'm just going to break this down a little farther, right? So every form of capital has a currency attached to it. It's mm-hmm. the thing that it trades in. Sure. And then though that trading in that currency of that capital relates to products, services, or something from that. So for social capital... The currency of social capital is connections and relationships, right? Right. It, well, it's connections. It complexes into influence, relationships, political power, uh-huh. 
um, and those kind of things, right? It complexes is you can build those out of it. Well, not only that, but you also bank those things. So, you know, if I have a relationship with, with you, then, you know, I can call in to some extent that capital that I, those, those deposits that I've made in our relationship. Whereas right. if somebody I don't know, right, they're going to say, screw you. Yeah, at a high philosophical level, right? In no, a no, practical, not, not, well, not well, only well, as a philosophical. So say... Well, it, it works at many levels, but right. I'm saying expressing it the way you're expressing it uh-huh. at a high philosophical level works. Sure. If you try and express that with some people, you break your connection and relationship to them because all they see is you Usually. using them. Yeah, right. Everyone's subconscious keeps a tally book. Yeah, well, that's a good point. This very idea for people that someone would step out and verbalize something mm-hmm. that is unverbal. Ah. Uh. Yes. Makes them feel like you are being calculated mm-hmm. and starting to use them. Right. Sure. And it's good to do this one now. We, we've done some podcasts in the past, like mm-hmm. You're the Idol in the Temple of Twitter. Right. Where we talk about using Twitter as a tool rather than... Some people will feel that we made that too calculated and verbalized things we shouldn't have verbalized. And therefore, we're using them and we're calculatedly doing it, Right. Yeah, I think most of the problem with that was that we used religious imagery for people who don't understand religious imagery. No, no, no. I'm saying go, that in a social capital way, yeah. some of our listeners now feel that we are being calculating, using them as if we were some kind of narcissist. Oh, because of or our... Yeah. Because we used, verbalize things that are meant to be unverbalized. We spoke the unwritten rules. Right. Use use social media rather than it using you. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. So we're using it. So we're using them. So we're manipulating them or taking that. There, there, there's some of that there. While we're having this conversation, we need to keep that in mind. Uh-huh. Because social is where this is going to be really hard. Spiritual, this is going to be a, another touchy point when we discuss spiritual capital. Sure, right? sure. So social capital are those connections. Because we can't talk about the debt everybody's been racking up in social capital mm. till we explain what it really works like, right? Okay. We have Maybe. to we have to we have to speak the unwritten rules yeah. so that you can look at your life and say, Oh, okay. This is worse than my mortgage. Right. So so, so, so it is that. an unwritten rule. This operates as an unwritten right. rule. It operates with people owe you a favor and you have goodwill, right? Mm-hmm. It would really surprise people to know that a lot of internet companies, a lot of Fortune 500 type companies, buy smaller companies for their social capital, mm-hmm. their customer list, mm-hmm. that relationship that they have, that that little company has built with people. Mm-hmm. They want to acquire that more than they want to acquire the thing the company produces. Sure, right, because that gives them influence. So everybody is now paying for influencers. Mm-hmm. They are paying for experts in gathering and building social capital. Hmm. Yeah. People are paying for people to build social capital. This is also branding is social capital. Branding is what people say about you and your business. Mm-hmm. 
And what they say about you and your business talks about the relationship and the influence and the connection you have with them. Right. Either positive or negative. Okay. So branding is an example of that. Marketing experts deal in this all day long. But a lot of people have been socially distancing, separating themselves socially, cutting themselves off from their social capital, uh-huh. not investing in relationships, not spending time with each other, not being close, not talking, not visiting, not sharing meals. Mm-hmm. They are not maintaining their social capital. Mm-hmm. So they're getting not a debt, but a lack well, it's like putting spare change in your pocket like and letting starving. it fall on the couch. Or like they're starving, right? Well, because this type of capital deals with you directly on an emotional, soul, mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. level. Right. Yes, you're starving. You're starving yourself. Mm-hmm. That can be good to starve yourself a little bit here and there. It's called fasting, but you can take it too far. And that's what we're doing. And it's it's like being negligent with that capital. Like when you let pennies and quarters fall in the couch, right? Sure. And in the car seat and you never go get them. Mm-hmm. Or you leave your money in your pocket in the wash, right? Those are all ways in which financial capital is wasted or deteriorates. This is another way it does it. But a lot of people have never built any of those relationships. They go to work. They work their day. They come home. They go to eat dinner. They go to sleep. They maybe watch some Netflix, right? They get up and they do that again. Some of them maybe have some social capital and a work thing, but we're not building it outside of that. Some people are kind of building that at church. Some people maybe have one or two events. But overall, especially for our small areas of Kansas, right, everybody used to know everybody in town. Mm-hmm. The number of people that still know each other is is dwindling, right? There, right. there are some places where I've seen it work. There's a lot of places where it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Some people are working to build that back. Some people are not. But that is a debt to your community if you let that deteriorate. It's also a debt you now owe because it's like your mortgage, right? It, if you don't pay down your mortgage, your house goes away. If you don't make investments in social capital, in people living around you or family or whatever, right? That relationship deteriorates. Your influence deteriorates. So your sphere of influence shrinks. Hmm. We talk about that a lot, right? Your sphere, your sphere of control is yeah. you and your immediate environment that you right. can control. Right. You can't control the weather, but you can control whether or not you plant a tomato. You can control whether, right? You can control whether or not you're building these relationships and investing in them. And when you're not, you're shrinking that sphere of influence. Yeah, it's not just a circle of influence, it's 3D sphere. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So your actions actually have less power in the world. Hmm. Okay. Because that's how you influence others around you, right? My planting tomatoes helps you plant tomatoes or plant something else and inspires you. That conversation and not feeling alone in that, right? Sure. Like our chicken strategy. Right. It gives you a connection and builds that, right? Some of that goes into cultural later. But Mm -hmm. so social capital, just moving within social capital is me doing a favor for you and you doing one for me, right? At a base level. Right. But social capital can be used to gain other forms of capital. In what way? Well, I can trade social capital for material capital. 
Mm-hmm. I can trade it for financial capital. Right. I can trade it for other things. So I have extra eggs. I can sell them. That's living to that. So I do a favor for you, and then you do something for somebody else that owes right. that I owe, right? right. You, you help pay one of my debts to somebody else, either socially, financially, or whatever. You buy me lunch, right? Th- those, sure. That's a transfer out of that capital into another, but it mm-hmm. float inside that capital. But it's also... But when you let that debt build up of not keeping those relationships going, mm-hmm. the social capital you have has fewer places to go, right. and so you're actually poorer. Social to social is doing things with people. Mm-hmm. It's doing things kind of for people. Sure. It And that debt's getting really, really big. And right now society is influ- is influencing or pushing a section where that gets greater and greater and greater. Mm-hmm. When we were young, right? Snitches got stitches. Everybody <laughs> knew what that meant? <laughs> Yeah, right. As you break down social capital, nobody knows what that means. Hmm. And there, there are places you can go where people do not know what that means anymore. Hmm. It didn't even need to be said. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And there were places that applied and there were places that didn't apply and those were a bunch of unspoken rules, right? Sure. Well, even the loose lips sink ships from World War II. Right. Nobody would even think along those lines or stay within those boundaries now, even right. if they knew them. Because they they, they they have no social capital. They have no right. tie to other people. Their connectedness is not connected. Well, and then we've given my voice is more important than that. and My being a victim is more important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. But hmm. that's also social capital. Sure. Because there's a bunch of people making their whole life, their living, and getting votes based on you being a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've seen that, like, if you're going to run for office, you know, there, there was a big libertarian, I'm making air quotes, push to go to a small town and, you know, Take, take it over through politics. But then the, the hard truth was that, no, you've got to have those connections in that small town. You just can't show up and then take over the town. Well, a lot of the small towns I know, you can't build enough social capital to get elected. Right. That's you what can, I was getting you, at. Yeah. You, you have to have been born there. Mm-hmm. Your parents had better have been born there. Right. Or your social capital is not high enough. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm watching that break down. Sure, you're watching that break down. Yeah. Right now. But when I was little, I was never totally accepted even in school. Hmm. You because my there, mom and dad there? did not grow there, grow up in that town. Hmm. That's interesting. My mom and dad moved in that town, even though I was born there. Yeah, that's 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 foreign to me because I've not been in a situation like that. We're talking towns of less than 200 people, right? Yeah, okay, okay. That makes sense then. And it wasn't even totally conscious. It took me a long time to understand that was not a conscious thing Mm -hmm. that they were doing. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it was. I wasn't connected enough. Right. 
and we are falling into a world where none of us are connected enough. We think that we're is connected. We think we're connected, but we're not. There are illusions that make us feel more connected than we are. Sure. But all you have to do is stop and think about how many people will I do something for? Mm-hmm. So how is the debt manifest, though? I mean, besides the angst that lives behind your eyeballs that you can't... How impressed are you that people will show up and help a guy cut down trees and haul them out of his creek? Oh, I'm pretty impressed. Okay. Without building those connections, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're impressed that somebody did it... No, no, no. I I mean, the average person out there... Not ones from our community, but I'm saying. But what but, is the manifestation of their debt? We said that the social connections are breaking down. People don't even know. Yeah, and I'm expressing it to you okay, okay. by what we I, have found, I, I right? See, I see. By the fact that everybody so highly values that anybody will show up, mm-hmm. shows you how big the debt is because no one else will show up. People have not showed up for them in the past. I see. Right. Okay. It's a constant problem. Mm-hmm. The indebtedness people feel when you show up shows how big that debt is in social capital. Because so it's almost you, like when, you're when you have a lot of you're almost surprised when somebody shows up. They're surprised, but they are so grateful. Oh, when you have an abundance of something, you you're not as thankful right it, it's so yeah like not surprised but but um it's so out of the ordinary the thanks is gratuitous yes it's over the top yes yeah to fact, me and it gets and it gets ner- and it gets uncomfortable because then it's like uh should i pay you should i pay you a regular like i'd pay a handyman guy right and then that and then- breaks the unwritten rules right? that, that breaks some cultural capital yeah 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 not social that would be more cultural capital that that's breaking sure but the, the fact that they don't have connectedness shows in how grateful they are uh-huh. because when you have an abundance of something you take it for granted okay right so if I needed to do something and I knew that I could get 200 people to show up and do it and you come show up and help me do it yeah, I'm thankful, but I'm not overly thankful. If I'm in a situation where I know a thousand people and you're the only person that will come help me, then I am overly thankful, right? I'll be like your indentured servant for the rest of the year, right? That's, mm-hmm. That is what you're seeing, and that will show you how big that social debt is, how unconnected you are to people. Another area we see that in is the growing number of people that say they are lonely. And the number of people say they're anxious. Part of the anxious is social anxiety. Social capital, social anxiety. Anxiety. Worry that I will not be able to connect to anybody. Worry that I'm not connecting to anybody is at the forefront of their mind. Okay. When you have that connectedness to people, you're not as socially anxious, right? Because... You're taking for granted that you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you have none of it, and we see that as an epidemic, there are other things feeding that. Sure. That is the place that you see it. Okay. Um, 
trying to think of other examples. Do you have some examples or thoughts? Or? You say, say I've got a team at work. We have become a high, quote-unquote, high-performing team, using business terms, because we've worked on several projects together or whatever else. It sounds like you and your boss have a connectedness problem with the titles that he uses to describe your work. No, 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 no. This is just regular <laughs> business stuff. Yeah. So anyway, so I've got I've your got company, a team, I'm sorry. right? Yeah. And there's the unspoken thing. We have a we have a good relationship. I've bailed them out on stuff. I've backed them up to leadership or whatever else when we're getting chewed up by a customer or something like that, right? Client. Mm-hmm. And uh and um if we get into a tight spot and we're and we're going to be late on something, and then I say, okay, we really need to work overtime on this, then I'm burning some of that social capital. If something bad happens and I didn't completely, you know, watch their back or whatever else, then I'm burning some of that social capital. And you can actually feel that a little bit. You've you've knocked your relationship back a couple of notches. And to some extent, you have to build that trust a little bit. I want to say, if you don't cover their back, you're going to burn social capital. Sure. But going through a hard time builds cultural capital. Yeah. So, like soldiers, right? Well, that's what's interesting. So, this is that's interesting because in the past, you would get that cultural capital as a team and your team would grow from going through that tough time. Mm -hmm. But now people, especially, you know, and you can't even use millennials as an example anymore because they're 40 years old now. Right. So, (laughs) right. But the, but the, the folks that are younger than 30, they don't, they don't feel that way to some extent. And, uh, you know, they can't, they're still they have kind connected of, us to no one. Yeah. They're kind of, they're kind of pissed. No they're going one. through their, they're, they're kind of pissed. They're going through the, uh, the, the tough time, right? Mm-hmm. There's no concept of suffering. There's no concept of, of any of that stuff. So, you know, we're going through a tough project. We have to work a bunch of shifts over a weekend to go live. That usually historically would build the team, would build the cultural capital, would build that cohesion and then instead, it, it starts breaking down. People are like, you're telling me what to do and all this other stuff, you know? And uh, it's like... Right. That's the indebtedness I'm talking about. Yeah, but it... Yeah. Because they have no connection to anyone anywhere in their life. Uh-huh. No one. No connection to anyone in their life. Right. When you don't meet their expectations, you did it on purpose... And you are trying to harm them. Mm-hmm. And their expectations are a promise from you. It's an unwritten promise that you gave them, in their opinion, right? That's how it's psychologically working for them. Sure. So, a hard time just means that you didn't do your job and do your part, and therefore you're picking them out and picking on them and torturing them. Right. Because they have no stability of any social capital anywhere. Yeah. And they, because of the debt their parents and guardians and culture has racked up right. in front of them, they have no idea how unwritten rules work. They have no idea how cohesion forms. Mm-hmm. What about what about some other examples like from our our community or local area? 
This is a very simple one that no one's going to like. What's that? You do something that's not great, and then you don't apologize. Hmm. Right? An apology builds social capital. Yeah, that's that's interesting. There's another another way that I've always found. I always thought... So I didn't grow up with a lot of people dying, you know? I mean, people okay. don't die very frequently anymore, right? Unless you, your parents get right. into you a get certain age other... range, and then their yeah. friends and all this other stuff, right? And your relatives. So... I didn't understand that when somebody died, you say, I'm sorry. Mm. Condolences, yes. Yeah, but not, right, right, I'm sorry yeah. for your loss. Right. But, you know, I'm I'm sorry. Just plain, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was like, why am I saying I'm sorry? Is it my fault? Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's a connectedness. That's an yeah. empathy. That's a... It's a cultural expression of the empathy. Sure. Right? Right. That I understand that you're going through this. But sorry means I'm sorrowful. I share in your sorrow. Right. That adds context to it. And right. then it makes sense. Yes. Right. So that was a hard lesson for me to learn as I grew up. Right. I, I learned this lesson. I just didn't learn it here recently. But, you know, <laughs> and, and trying to teach it to kids is difficult, too, because they're like, I didn't do any, you know. What are you? What are you doing? Well, you're sharing in somebody's sorrow. It's part of the community. It's part of your. your yeah, that, that, yeah. Sorry, I got that, some that weird is, examples that is the, tonight. No, no, that is the social capital that connectedness with somebody mm-hmm. else expressed through a cultural capital system. So it moved between right. I am keeping this connectedness open sure. by doing this cultural ritual of saying I am sorrowful with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I am sorry. Yes. But everything tells us that if we apologize, we'll be worth less to people. Hmm. Right? Or that we're somehow we're admi- somehow admitting failure, right? We're admitting failure. Or diminishing ourselves. Right. But we're not. Yeah. We're building social capital. Correct. Because we can admit when we're wrong. Mm-hmm. This is a problem with leaving all this stuff unwritten, is we can't challenge those ideas when they come up, right? Right. Another example that I found that I really like here recently, somebody shared with me that they were, I hadn't talked to them in a while, and, mm-hmm. and they had some family problems, and they were going through a divorce and all this stuff. And uh, he was telling me the whole thing, and then I said, well, number one, I said, I'm sorry. And then I, and then I said, I th- thank you for trusting me enough and valuing our relationship enough to share that with me. Mm-hmm. Because I know that's pretty tough. Right. And that that thanking them seemed to make a, a big difference. It, Some it, people it, help, like, it helps the anxiety of, I just told this person a bunch of stuff that they can use against me. Mm-hmm. And by saying, I'm sorry, you say, I recognize that this is a sorrowful thing, right? Mm-hmm. But you're also saying, thank you for being willing to share that with me, says that... I see that that made us closer, that that was a connection between us, and I am going to honor that. Right, right. And it relieves that anxiety that's built up from making yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then it also, that also closes that social contract, right, to some extent, 
Yeah. And you're rolling your eyes. I did social contract. That, that, no, the, no, my no, mind no, went no, in a whole no, other no, place, no. right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, because but, yeah. what do normal people or what do usual, especially younger people do in that situation if they're confronted with that stuff? What would somebody we we know say in that situation? If somebody shared that with them, what would they do? Instead they're going to tell quiet, a joke. Well, that's one. I'm uncomfortable with this, exactly. so here, here let's one. do something fun. Or they try and fix it by, by talking, talking and talking yes. and talking and talking and giving them advice and everything else, and you're not going to fix it. Well, what you it. need to do is, and I know a good lawyer, and yeah, I know a friend who has exactly. a lawyer's card, and I will get this for you, and I will do this. And, right, yeah. It took me years to learn that, to shut up <laughs> and not try and fix it. Or make them feel better, or you know, or whatever else. Right. But we are all suffering from local set, lack of social capital, mm-hmm. and we all need to think about how we're going to build that. So let's talk about some uh, some strategies. How how can we foster it and build it? Awareness is the first one, right? Absolutely. Awareness that I need connection with other people. Mm-hmm. And then making it a priority to do those things that create connection, whether it's taking some brownies or cookies to the neighbor, whether it's going and being in a place in public where you can have conversations with currently strangers. Right. Right. Um, Sometimes it's picking up a hobby like Frisbee golf, even though it's not really your thing. So that you meet some people and you talk. Right. Or it's going to the town festivals, even though you're bored and tired. Right. It. But going with the goal of talking to somebody. When you go to the farmer's market, instead of just doing the catch up on the farm news, pay your stuff, take your vegetables and leave. You can take some time to get to know them as a person, right? Mm -hmm. Ask questions about their kids, their dog, their, you know, whatever, right? So you're having that conversation. Sure. All of those are positive steps that build connectedness between people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it takes time it takes a lot of time but it's also that doing things like being vulnerable and sharing and apologizing when you did wrong right those kind of or apologizing when you offended even though you really didn't do anything wrong apologizing for breaking the cultural standard right or mm-hmm. making the person feel you did it's a hard topic yeah, it is a hard topic just because it's so unwritten. Yeah. And, and it, we're so far from it anymore. Well, and then another thing you see, and I'm noticing this like with my grandson, is that people pick up a lot of this stuff through social interaction, face to face. They pick up the cues, they pick up the facial structures, they pick up the interaction between adults. Mm-hmm. You know, and what are we and what are we doing now? I mean, you go to the grocery or you go to the restaurant and everybody's on a phone and then and or they or they put a pad in the kid's hand and the kid is playing a game so they stay quiet um when they go to church they get sent to children's church so they're never interacting with the church they're never interacting with spiritual stuff they're never seeing they're never seeing the exercise of religion they're never seeing what it means to people they, they're not seeing these cues right and i'm noticing that like the younger kids they're they're somewhat disconnected not not yet they're disconnected like i just said but they're disconnected in their 
in their interactions. So you're getting this part, part part of that is that social thing, right? right Cuz right. good social capital is used to build cultural capital. Sure. Part of that is we're in a cultural shift. Yeah, we're in dimage. And part of it is the culture falling apart. Mhm. And because culture is falling apart in the way it is, people are losing that connectedness and the ability. So I would say that social ca- capital is also a skill. Hmm. Okay. Right? It's something How do you, you practice. It? You just have to show up and talk to people, right? One of the things that I got really good at doing the farmer's market was having a conversation with complete strangers. Uh-huh. Which you did not look comfortable, but... It was well. never comfortable. Yeah. It was very exhausting. It was more tiring doing that than being there. Mm-hmm. It was more tiring dealing with the fact I know I'm going to have to talk to somebody I don't know going for me. Just mm-hmm. even getting stuff packed in the car, right? I'm getting much, much more comfortable at it. But I just had to go do it. Mm-hmm. And I had to put myself in a situation where there was something to sort of kind of talk about. Yeah. Now you're leading workshops and... So you just have to pick a place and do it. Whether it's being... Breaking all the rules of social, social distancing and actually going back to having a conversation with the checkout person. Mm. Or having a conversation with the guy pumping gas next to you. Hmm. I mean, it's one of the weird things. When, when I was young usually you ran into somebody you knew at the gas station sure and they had to talk mm-hmm. and the people in line did not throw a fit those two people were talking and were not exactly on their pump the whole time right mm-hmm. so i think you also practice it by leaving people some space and developing some patience interesting right yeah a respect mm-hmm for that connectedness between other people when they're doing it instead of huffing in line while somebody's talking to the cashier person, right? Yeah, it slowed them down, but we need these skills, right? We need the connectedness back. Thank you for listening to the Thriving the Future podcast. Check us out on the web on thrivingthefuture.com. Also, come and join our conversation on Twitter at thrivingthefute. And on our Telegram group, there's a link on the website. This podcast was produced by Scott the Freedom Farmer at freedomfarmer.net. Copyright 2022, thriveinthefuture.com. Join us at the Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter. Are you a freedom farmer? Check out freedomfarmer.net, where I focus on skills over stuff and designing an intentional life. That's freedomfarmer.net. If you are interested in starting a podcast and you would like some consultation, how to find your niche, how to grow your audience, how to develop that consistency, contact me at thriveinthefuture at gmail.com.